Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? How many of you remember roller skating to that song in the early 90s? Anybody? Yeah, come on. Roller skating rinks. Rest in peace. I miss them. Hey, uh, do you guys ever look at celebrity lookalikes and wonder, ah, not quite. For example, let's look at this first one. I mean, that's close. Not as chiseled as Leonardo DiCaprio, but it's close. You can see it in the eyes and the hairline. However, let's look at this next one. That's a George Clooney lookalike from Ireland. He does that professionally. I even tried choosing a picture of George Clooney from the early 90s with bad lighting, and it still doesn't hold up. All right, what about this next one? Yeah, Prince. Kind of scary, right? Now, I think Prince is a handsome guy, but that lookalike terrifies me. All right, you thought that was scary. Let's look at this next one. All right. All right, you think that one's scary? Let's look at this last one. There it is. That's me in my mid-20s. You know, in my freshman year of college, a rumor was spread that I was an Aladdin impersonator at Disney World during my summer vacations. That rumor is true. That rumor is true, but that is not at all true. I was not a lookalike of Aladdin. But did you know that in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says that we, you and me, are created in the image of God? We weren't just made to be lookalikes. We were actually made to be his reflection, not just his impersonators, but in his image. And in Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. But too often, I find myself being a really poor lookalike of Jesus rather than his reflection. He was selfless and kind. Jesus spoke the truth in love all the time. He gave of his entire life for you and me and all of humanity. But me, on the other hand, I could be selfish and rude quite often. I may speak the truth, but it could come across as arrogant or shaming. And when it comes to my time or giving of myself, I could be very tight-gripped. Anybody relate to that? I've become this bad lookalike, this bad doppelganger, this bad impersonator, instead of the reflection and image of God. And you know what? In 38 years, if I've learned anything, I'd rather not learn, look like Josh Calhoun anymore. I would much rather look and reflect Jesus. Here's another example for my science nerds in the room. Anybody? Science? Cool. Yeah, it's every, every congregation. It's like no people. <laughs> Nobody liked science. All right. Well, let's look at this. The moon, did you know that it neither creates nor possesses any light on its own? It is simply one gigantic mirror of the sun. How cool is that? And in the same way the moon reflects the sun's light to earth, we were created and called to reflect God's love to the world. We, like the moon, unable to shine by ourselves, but following Jesus, God's light bounces off us 
and onto the world, onto everyone around us. Jesus put it beautifully this way in, in John chapter 8. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Like the moon reflects the sun's light to earth, we get to, we get to, and we are created to shine as a reflection of Christ's love in this world. So friends, I want you to dream with me a bit this morning, all right? Because we, we have all seen the repercussions of hatred and violence in the world today. We've all seen the damage that lies and abuse cause. We've all seen the wreckage of pride and self-centeredness. But here's the dream. What if we, you and me, Christ followers, reflected the love of Jesus rather than what the world shows What if we, like the moon reflecting the sun, reflected the love of God everywhere we went, from Duncan to Starbucks, from, from school to work, showing God's love in the way we speak and act, God's love through sharing kindness with our words and generosity with our actions? For example, here's some simple elementary thoughts of how we can show love in very tangible ways. Do you ever go to the cafe or the grocery store and you see them wearing a name tag? How often do you say their name? Did you know that for a majority of people, it's a scientific fact that their name is their favorite thing to hear? And did you know that for every person, their favorite thing to hear is their name spoken in love and kindness? Think about it. Or what about another simple, tangible way to show love? holding the door for someone. As they're exiting, they're disarmed. Any wall that was there before is dropped down a little bit more and they say, thank you. All of a sudden a conversation is struck and they were just shown a little bit of God's love, a little bit of kindness. And I know you're thinking, that's so simple. It's so elementary. God's love is greater than that. It is. But like that is simple, love is often simple. Or what about this? Saying a simple please and thank you. They're not just manners, they are reflections of God's love. And this last one that I know is hard for most of us, asking a legitimate, how are you doing? And then listening to their response. Just as, as God has been kind, caring, and compassionate to me in all those ways and more, he calls me to reflect his kindness, care, and compassion to others like he has first shown to us Because it says in 1 John 4 that we love because he first loved us. And in living out this love, reflecting God's love to this world like the moon reflects the sun, we not only set up a defense against, but attack against hatred, violence, lies, abuse, pride, and selfishness that is so prevalent in this world today. What an incredible demonstration of Jesus' love. Because we could fight fire with fire. We could throw back a harsh word when a harsh word is thrown. You could go fisticuffs with somebody who wants to go fisticuffs with you. You could. But what if we did it as Jesus did it? Bless those who curse you. Bless and do not curse. If somebody smacks you on the cheek, offer them the other one as well. If somebody takes your coat, give them your tunic also. If somebody demands of you to go one mile, go two. 
Because it wasn't just Gandhi that said, an eye for an eye and the world goes blind. Jesus said it first. He said, they tell you an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, don't go that way. Because we all know what happens when you fight fire with fire. And instead, Jesus is saying, I offer you a better solution. Bless those who curse you, forgive those. And he showed us in the best way that while he was literally hanging on a cross for our salvation, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when we do that and choose to love in the face of fire, to bless in the face of a curse, to turn the other cheek, that's the reflection. And we can love because he first loved us And now his image, his love is bouncing off of us into this world and everyone around us. Just like the moon reflects the sun. Because you know what? This world needs Jesus just as desperately as I do. The Bible also says this. It's one of my favorite. First Peter, always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. Now I grew up learning this verse, but did you know why they would be asking? Have you ever thought about why they might ask you for the reason of the hope that you have? Because they see God's love reflecting off you. That doesn't mean every day is going to be hunky-dory. It means that you have hope. You know your future. And you first received love, so therefore, even in the face of horrible days, you could say, I'm loved deeply, and I'm going to reflect that love. For example, in college, during summer breaks, I worked at Perkins Family Restaurant. Anybody remember Perkins? Yeah, I don't think they're around much anymore, but it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and kids ate free on Tuesday nights. Y'all, it was awful. (laughs) I did not like working there. But every day when I would go to Perkins, before I stepped in those doors, I would change my posture. Because I knew my job there wasn't to serve tables. My job there was to serve people. And I would do my best to just love people, even with pancakes. And it was a week before I was going back to college and I was about to to be done working there. My manager came up to me and she said, Josh, why are you happy all the time? I laughed. I laughed because I'm not happy all the time, and I also laughed because I've known this verse my whole life, and I was not prepared for that question. And the Holy Spirit gently said to me, say this. And I just turned to my manager and I said, Jesus, because here's the truth, I'm not happy all the time. But because of Jesus, I have a hope and I have a future. Because of Jesus, I'm loved And her response was so beautiful. She looked at me, smiled, and said, thank you. And that opened up a conversation for me to share more of the hope that I had. Even working at Perkins Family Restaurant, I was able to reflect God's love as an immature 20-something. Y'all, that's the reflection of God's love. They ask, why would this person show kindness to me? Why would this person even care We show kindness and we care because we've been shown kindness by God first. We care because we've been cared for by God first. And and Kellen just finished a beautiful series on the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, right? But did you know that further on in that chapter, Jesus goes on to say this beautiful verse. 
Let your light shine before others so they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They see your good works as a reflection of your Father in heaven. They're not glorifying me for my good works because y'all, I'm a mess. I'm one gigantic screw up sometimes. And I don't wanna assume too much here, but you're probably a mess too. But as Pastor David Clark says often, I'm a mess, you're a mess, and we're all just trying to bring our mess closer to Jesus, to allow him to transform us, to allow him to renew our minds so that we could be his reflections and glorify him in the process. Like the moon reflects the sun, we reflect God's love to this earth and everyone around us. So here's the hook, friends. We're talking about what is love. Love, this word that has become so elusive in our culture today. For example, I love hot dogs, or later today, you guys are probably gonna love some buffalo wild wings, and I love my wife. But the two kinds of love are vastly different. This love that we're talking about, that we're teaching, that we're reflecting, is a deep, deep, genuine love. It's the love of a mother for her child. It's the kind of love that will lay down his life for his friends. It's the same love that drove Jesus to carry our cross up to Calvary, be hung on it, crucified kind of love. It's not a, I love the Bears or Packers or I really don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl today, 49ers? It's a deep kind of love. And, and what I love is I can't wrap my head around this definition of love. Though I was created in its image, though I've received it, I can't always fully grasp it. And like God, I can't fully grasp who God is. And you know what? I'm thankful that I can't. Because if I could fully wrap my head around who God is, that would make me greater than I am and make him less than he is. But did you know in 1 John 4, it says this twice, that God is love. And just as I can't wrap my head around God, I'm thankful I can't fully wrap my head around love. Though I receive it and though I'm asked to reflect it, it's okay that I can't fully understand a selfless giving, 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 no matter what kind of love. A love that gives of itself, even though I didn't deserve it. A love that laid its life down for you and me, though we did nothing to earn it. Oh, Y'all, that's, that's a beautiful kind of love, and I want to spend the rest of my life learning more about that love, because as I learn about that love, I learn more about who God is. And I want to reflect him beautifully like the moon reflects the sun to this earth. But also, as I can't wrap my head around this, Paul had a better idea of this word love, and thankfully he laid it out in list form. Y'all, I'm a list guy. Any other list makers out there? Yes, all right, we don't like science, but we love list. Does anybody else like me? You like making a to-do list or a grocery list because every time you check it off, you get that little dopamine hit? Come on, right? But Paul lays this out perfectly. He, he starts by saying this, love is patient and kind. Think about it, though. How many times has God been patient and kind with me? How many times has God been patient and kind with you? And then think about this one. 
How many times have we been impatient and unkind to others, even though all he's ever shown us is patience and kindness? And how many times when I'm impatient and unkind does the Holy Spirit gently say, Josh, this isn't what I have for you. Remember all those times I've been patient and kind with you when you didn't deserve it? Remember all those times I've shown you love when you did foolish things again and again? Remember that mercy that I freely give you that is just as new every day like the sunrise? Remember? Or remember when someone treats me impatiently? How God gently reminds me, hey, give them some slack. Maybe they're having a bad day. Reflect the patience and kindness I've always given you when you have bad days. Let's go on. Paul continues with this beautiful list. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Whew. Y'all, I've done every single one of these atrocities. I've been envious and boastful, proud, irritable, rude, you name it. Sometimes all in the same day. Have you ever had that? The perfect storm where somebody irritates you and you become impatient with their irritation and so you lash out with a rude word. Or I become envious at what I don't have and proud with what I think I do have. Maybe I'm the only one. But y'all, I feel like I have days like that far too often. You know what? I don't want to have days like that anymore. I want to reflect God. I want to love as he loves. So I want you guys to try a little exercise with me this morning. We just read this beautiful list of what love is. But instead of the word love, I want you to insert your name in place of the word love. And wherever your name kind of puts a little knot in your stomach with whatever follows, maybe that's the Holy Spirit gently saying to you, hey, I I need you to practice this a little more. I want you to work this one out a little bit more. I want you to reflect this one better in your life. So you guys ready to try this little mental exercise today? I know so many of you are like, yeah, all right, conviction. Bring it. Let's do it. Guys, it's pretty fun. And if you don't want to say your name, just say your spouse's name or your neighbor's name. Here we go. Let's look at this. Can we get that up there, Julia, the verse again? Sorry, it goes, uh, love does not envy or boast. All right, so in in place of these words, in place of love, say your name. Josh does not envy or boast. Josh is not arrogant or rude. Josh does not insist on his own way. Josh is not irritable or resentful. Josh does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Did any of those attributes put that little knot in your stomach? Were any of those moments the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, I have have better for you. I want you to reflect this better. I want you to reflect me better in this way. Because here's a beautiful thing. I want to try one more exercise with you today. And instead of the word God or instead of your name, or instead of the word love or instead of your name, I want you to put God in place of love. All right? Let's try that one more time. God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on his own way. God is not irritable or resentful. 
God does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. God embodies every single one of these. If 1 John 4 is right, that means this is God. Perfectly attributed in every one of these forms. Every single one of them. Without fault. It's who he is. God doesn't just love as a verb. He is love as a noun. And finally, this list goes on to close with this. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Or as some translations put it, love never fails. Though I do fail, God's love never fails. Even when I'm at my worst, God's love never gives up on me. Not once. Even when I'm unlovable and push him away, he keeps on pursuing me. His love never fails. I want to reflect that love. I don't only want to reflect it to the people that I love and that love me in return. I want to reflect it in the way God has first shown me. When I was unlovable, he first loved me. When you were unlovable, he first loved you. And he calls us to reflect that love to this world like the moon reflects the sun. But here's the thing. We can't just manufacture these kind of attributes. I can't just stir up more patience, more kindness sometimes. It is a gift. But like any gifts, it first needs to be opened, sometimes put together, and then put to use. Or like any talent you've received, whether it's singing or carpentry or playing basketball, you know that you need to put it into practice to get really good at that talent. For example, let's look at this. Patience was always my greatest downfall. Remember, love is patient and love is kind. I was not good at patience. And when somebody would irritate me or it would be a stressful circumstance, I would pray to God and I would say, God, give me more patience. And you know what he would do every time without fail? He would put people in my life that irritated me and put me in more stressful situations so that I could practice being patient. He wouldn't just drop patience in my heart and say, good, you're good to go now, buddy. He would say, hey, put it to practice. Be patient as I've been patient with you. And on the flip side, you know how some things come a little more natural to you. Kindness was that thing for me. It was always a little more natural in my life. But like with any talent or gift, you can sometimes get lazy with them. And that's what happened to me. And in stressful circumstances with people who would grind on my last nerve, kindness was often the first thing to go because I stopped putting it into practice. And instead of kindness, I would become irritable or rude. It would lead to resentment and bitterness. It would lead to all the things that love is not. Just like any gift, we must put it to practice. And with any gift, you first have to receive it, put it to use, practice it, and reflect God's love. And the more we put our love and reflection of Jesus into practice, the more consistent it becomes in every aspect of our lives. Even in stressful days or circumstances with people who grind on your last nerve, this love of Jesus is reflected in your life. But here's the thing. 
We just learned what love is. You just received a little conviction on what you might need to work on in your own life. You just learned a little more about who God is because we learned a little more about what love is. And we keep hearing this idea, you keep hearing it, I keep saying it, that like the moon reflects the sun, we need to reflect God's love to this world that so desperately needs him, like I do. But here's the thing. We love because he first loved us. He continually gives his love away. He gave his life away. He gives his love away. He calls us to do the same. And like my favorite singer of my mom's generation once said, Michael W. Smith, love isn't love until you give it away. So with this love that you've been freely given, with this kindness and patience you've been shown, even when you didn't deserve it, heck, especially when you don't deserve it, are you allowing him first to show that love off in your life by saying, hey, he gave me love when I didn't deserve it. Now I'm going to give it away and give you love when you don't deserve it. I'm not going to fight fire with fire anymore. I am going to bless when you curse. I'm going to give love back to your harsh words or your attitude. And then I want to ask you guys this question today. Are you allowing God to love you? Are you allowing God to love you so that you can reflect his love to others? Now, I got to be honest. Sometimes I don't want to receive this love. Sometimes it's because of shame from something I've done. Sometimes it's out of fear of what he might ask me to do. And sometimes it's just because I'm angry. But guys, God isn't afraid of my shame. He's not afraid of my anger. He's not afraid of my fear. And every time I come to him with my mess... He says, I know, I still love you, and I've never stopped. Why? Because his love never fails. So I don't know where you are today. Maybe you haven't even received God's love in the first place. Or maybe, like me, you've received God's love, but haven't fully allowed him to reflect his love through you. So as we sing this last song this morning... I want my prayer to become your prayer. And what I pray is, God, teach me how to love as you love. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Teach me how to reflect your love to this world that needs you as desperately as I do, like the moon reflects the sun. Teach me how to give the love that I've received from you away to those around me. And finally, teach me how to grow in every attribute of that beautiful list in 1 Corinthians 13. Because just as we've received undeserved love, God calls us to give away undeserved love, reflecting who he is to this world that needs him desperately. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.